Should I offer below the listing price on a home that is for sale? What about lowball offers? How low is too low? Do I need to worry about offending the seller? Should I ask the seller to pay for my closing costs as part of my offer? What's a home warranty? What's a survey? Can I ask for the refrigerator, washer, and dryer? What about that flat screen TV hanging on the living room wall? Does that stay with the house? These are all questions that we are going to talk about today. Welcome to Real Estate Talk for Northwest Arkansas. If you are thinking of moving to Northwest Arkansas, investing in this area, selling your home, flipping a home, or just like real estate in general, then you've come to the right place. I'm Eric Hutchinson and I've been a realtor for 27 years. I'm a principal broker and I'm the owner of Hutchinson Realty and our company has been serving Northwest Arkansas since 1985. So we know just a little bit about the area. Today, I have two of my own realtors here with me, and we're going to discuss how to negotiate your next home. I've already introduced myself, and so let's go around the table and let everyone know who we are. Hello, everyone. My name is Cole Eady. I'm a realtor with Hutchison Realty. I have lived in Northwest Arkansas for five years now, and I've been a realtor uh, for a little over a year now, and it's absolutely wonderful, and I could be more happy and blessed to be here. Thanks, Cole. Hi, my name is Sandy Wellesley, and I am an executive broker with Hutchinson Realty. I have lived in Northwest Arkansas since February of 2000, and I've been a realtor since uh, October of 2000, so almost 23, 23 years now. <laughs> so, Sandy, you've got a lot of experience, but I think I may have you beat. I mm -hmm. um, I got my real estate license the first time in 1985, and if you were listening, that's when my dad started this company. It was in 1985. I was 19, and he said, hey, I'm paying for your college, and if you want me to pay for your college, you need to get your real estate license because I just started a real estate company. So I got my real estate license. I sold one townhouse in Bella Vista for $28,000. I don't think you can even get a mobile home for that now, but $28,000. I made $450 and I thought, how could anyone make a living selling houses? <laughs> I'm never going to do this. Please let me go to college. And so went to college, but I made full circle in 1996, retook my real estate license uh, test and uh, anyway, have lived happily ever after in real estate, have loved it, rejoined my dad back in 1996, and it's been one of the greatest decisions in my life. So uh, you guys were with me last time when we talked about beginning steps, first steps to buying a home. Today, we're going to be talking about what happens when you find the house in quotation marks and you said, I'm going to buy that house. Let's make an offer. And you've got your realtor and uh, the, you know, maybe Cole, the, the buyer's using you and they want to make an offer. And, uh, you know, let's just say the house is at $250,000 and they say, we'd like to offer two twenty-five. dollars Now, so that's quite a bit lower. And of course, right now we're in a strong seller's market. So what would you tell a buyer if you, what, what are some of the questions maybe you would ask the buyer to think about as they are thinking about making an offer $25,000 below the purchase or the list price? Well, thank you, Eric, for the question. Um, I would tell uh, my buyers that if they're going to go uh, $25,000 less than the list price, I would say uh, they shouldn't offer or they should ask for their closing costs uh, to be paid by the seller. Uh, I'd also like to mention that, you know, sometimes emotions can, can get into uh, real estate with the seller. 
uh, and the buyer. And I would just recommend that this market that we're currently in, I'd recommend not to go twenty or twenty-five thousand below list price. Um, but if I did, if they, if the buyers did want to go twenty or twenty-five thousand below list price, I would uh, definitely not ask the sellers to pay the closing cost. Uh, just because you're trying to make it even for everybody. You want to make a, a good deal with everybody. So that's what I would do. Thanks, Cole. I think uh, I like what you said. I would recommend. And one of the things that I think really needs to be made clear right up front is that we are your representative. We represent the buyer and sometimes we represent the seller. But if you are looking to buy a house and you want to make an offer, we are going to present that offer in your behalf. And so we will make recommendations, but Ultimately, you tell us what you want, and we'll do that. But we try to inform you as much as possible. Sandy, what would you tell your buyer in the same scenario? Well, I think, I think first of all, you made a really good point. As your representative, we are, we are here to carry out your lawful instructions. I mean, if I represent someone, I represent them as if they are my kids. You want something? I'm going to do my best to get it for you. But um, I think... You have to listen to your real estate agent because they know what the market is like. You know, last year I represented some first-time home buyers who needed closing costs paid, and last year sellers were not paying for any single thing. So in order to get that done, we upped the price of the home to compensate the seller for that. You know, here we need you to pay this, but we're going to pay you more for the home, and that worked out great. Um, to me, a real estate transaction... I want you as my client to get what you want, but I also look at it as a win-win. How can we make this work so that everyone is happy with the end result? At the closing table, I want to be sitting next to you smiling and nodding. That's where I want our real estate transaction to go and how I want it to go. So, you know, I think if you've had a home that's listed for a day and you want to come in $50,000 under, that's probably not your best move. You may make the seller so mad that they don't respond mm. to your offer at all. And that may exclude you from further negotiations with that seller. Now, the seller may be very well aware that his home is $50,000 overpriced and maybe not. But you know who's going to know? Your realtor. So listen to your realtor when they tell you that might not be putting your best foot forward or if they say, yeah, I think we can do that and whatever. In the end, it's your decision. It's your decision. But I think the realtor has the inside line on that. So Sandy, if you were, if it was one of your kids mm -hmm. that were mm -hmm. buying a house, I don't know, but I think you'd be a little more forceful. <laughs> <laughs> that's just my, that's just, I'm just saying, I've known you for a long time. Perhaps. Cole, did you have something else? Uh, uh, yes, Eric. Thank you. I was going to say that what, what Sandy had said, um, if you really want the house, whatever home you're looking at, then you should uh, definitely put your best price forward if you truly want that house, if it's your dream house. So, Sandy, you had a comment on that? Well, I was just going to say, too, I think I think you as the client need to consider at what price are you willing to not get that home? Like, that's the that's your top line. You know, that's your that's where you are. But I think that that's kind of a number that you need to know. At what point are you comfortable not getting that house? Yes. I think that it's really important, and this is why one another reason why you use a realtor, I think it's really important that you know the history of this house. In other words, 
So when did it go for sale? Was it today? Was it yesterday? Was it last week? Has it been on the market for 30 days, 50 days, 100 days? That's, that's one of the very first questions you should ask your realtors. Like, well, how long has this house been for sale? If the house has been for sale, if it went on the market today, it is highly unlikely that the seller is going to be very negotiable for you know coming off of their price. If it's been listed for a couple of weeks, now we're in a pretty strong market, then they're going to be a little bit more negotiable. If it's been listed for 60 days, for two months, they're going to be there. I would say that maybe they would consider coming down $20,000 because it hasn't sold or they're going to be excited to get your offer. The other thing that I would want to know if I was a buyer is if there are any other offers on the table. Now, this time last year uh, in 2021, I'm sorry, 2022, well, also 2021, in the last two years, if there was an offer, if there was a house that went on the market, there was, it was highly probable that there would be multiple offers. If you're competing with another offer, then all bets are off. You can forget negotiating the price because you are competing, and a lot of times it ends in a bidding war. And some buyers don't want to do that, but if it's the house and you say, I want this house, then as Sandy said, what is my highest price that I'm comfortable with? Am I willing to pay over the list price? But in the scenario that I gave you, Cole, was this house is, you know, let's say it was been on the market for a few weeks. Your buyer wants to make an offer. We are required to present all offers. We are an advisor. And what I would say is that, look, there are, I've already checked. There's no multiple offers, so you know you're not competing. I would say that you could certainly offer below. It's an offer, but I would be careful about dropping too far below if it's only been a couple weeks because the the shorter amount of time that it's been on the market, then the less motivated the seller is, the longer, the more motivated. So if you offer $25,000 below the list price, it's been on the market a week, you're probably going to get a counter at best. But those are things that you talk with your realtor about. Now, we talked about closing costs a little bit. So there's pros and cons to everything. So let's talk about if a buyer needs their closing costs paid for. Now, notice I said needs their closing costs paid for. So how would you write that? So let's, let me give you another scenario. Let's say the house has been on the market for three weeks. Okay, so been on the market three weeks in our current market, and the buyer wants to make an offer um, on the house, it's 200, the list price is $250,000. So Cole, what would you recommend? And it is a recommendation. What would you recommend to the buyer? It's been on the market for three weeks. You're not in a multiple offer situation. The buyer needs their closing costs paid for them. In other words, they have their down payment, but they don't have enough money for their closing costs. How would you recommend them? How would you guide them in that? Uh, thank you for the question. If the, uh, if the buyers are my clients, I'd recommend if they need the closing costs, I would recommend them to offer either the list price, the two fifty, or maybe five thousand below list price to get the closing costs paid for by the seller. I would not offer anything less than five thousand dollars below list price, because in this market uh, we're still technically in a seller's market. So that's what I would do if they were my clients. That's interesting. Thanks, Cole, for answering that. Sandy, how about you? And I would, you know, providing that the home is is. Uh, priced correctly, I would say let's up the price. You know, how much are your closing costs to be? Let's offer the seller that amount of money. And that way, 
it's a wash. You're not hurting the seller and you are getting what you need in order to get in the home. So I think you said something that I want to stop on real quick is, I don't know if you said if the house is worth the list price. I think that's what you said. But mm-hmm. so, you know, realtors, we have access to this multiple listing service, which is a really valuable tool. And we can look and see what other houses in that neighborhood have sold for. And if the house has been on the market for three weeks, it apparently is not such a hot property that there's multiple offers on it immediately. So maybe the seller is asking too much for that property. And so it would probably be wise to say, well, what have the other houses in this neighborhood sold for? Would you like that information, Mr. Buyer? Let me, let me get that for you. And so I can pull up all the houses around it and say, hey, these other houses have sold for less than what the seller is asking for it. So maybe he's asking too much for it. And so, you know, let's, let's, here's another house that's got similar square footage and this is what it sold for. So maybe we want to offer a little lower, even with the closing cost, because if there's not another offer on the table, the sellers had gone through three weeks of wondering why they haven't received an offer or why there's not enough, another offer. And so now is a great time for you to test the waters a little bit. Now, there's a line somewhere where it becomes insulting. If I offer $50,000 below, then the seller, it's like a slap in the face and say, well, you know, and they may just reject your offer and they may have a bias against you. But I don't think, I think there's reason there a little bit. You can say, you can see what the other homes have sold for in the neighborhood. And I guarantee you the seller knows what those homes have sold for because he, he knows his neighbors and all neighbors want to know what their neighbor's house sold for. So I would say that would be a good question to ask to say, okay, um, what are these other houses selling for? And maybe I'm going to offer $5,000 below and I'm going to ask for $5,000 in closing costs. That means $10,000 below, but that's right about where the other sellers houses are selling. And so those are all really great questions to ask of your realtor. And so something else to consider, and I'm, I'm going to get to you in just a second, Cole, but I want, to, I want to remind you that if you're asking the seller to pay for closing costs, the seller has a bottom line that they say, I'm not going to sell, just like you have a top dollar, the seller has a bottom line that says, I'm not going to sell this house below this, or I'm just going to take the home off the market, or I, I, I will not sell below this price. So if you say, I want you to pay for $5,000 of my closing costs, they've just added that $5,000 onto whatever their bottom dollar is. Now, whether or not you hit that bottom dollar, that's another thing, but they're adding it in there. So guess what you're doing? If you're the, if you're the buyer and you're getting a loan, uh, your closing costs are being financed. And so you are paying interest on that $5,000 over 30 years. And so that's something that a lot of buyers don't think about. Now, if you need your closing costs, and when I say need, then you don't have a choice. You gotta, you gotta have your closing costs paid for. But if you can pay for your own closing costs, that might be a better choice than paying, especially right now where you're paying seven and a half percent interest over 30 years on $5,000. And so Cole, you had something? Uh, Yes. Thank you, Eric. I was just going to say, going back to the multiple listing service, I was just thinking when you were talking about that, that's, that's why you need to hire a realtor. That's, that's, that's what we're here for is to provide information because the multiple listing service is just not out there for everyone. And so our job is to provide the most accurate and detailed information to help buyers and sellers uh, get to the, the end of the contract. So that's why we're here. Absolutely. So our contract is 15 pages long. 
that's a long contract. And so there's a lot of terms there. So, and we don't have, we have a limited amount of time, so we're not going to go over the entire contract, but here's something that a lot of buyers ask me about is, do I need a home warranty? So Sandy, I'm going to go to you. What would you say to a buyer? Say, do I need a home warranty? What is a home warranty? Could you explain that to me? I'm, I'm a new buyer. Um, absolutely. A home warranty is a wonderful, um, it's actually kind of a form of insurance for your home. It covers the systems in your homes, appliances in your homes. Um, whether or not you ask the seller for one depends on a lot of things. You can ask for one. If you're coming in low on your offer, you might not want to ask for one, but you can always purchase that home warranty independently. It doesn't have to be purchased through the real estate contract. Do I recommend that you have one? I think it's a great idea because inevitably you're going to move into your home and something, usually the garbage disposal or the water heater, is going to fail within the first week. <laughs> if it's an existing home, that just happens. So, you know, you've got your warranty company. You call the 800 number for a small deductible. Um, you call them and they will come and they will replace it or fix it for you. I think it's a great thing to have. Whether or not you ask for it in the contract depends on the other terms of the contract. So I will tell you, um, I'm all about options. Um, you know, it's the buyer's choice whether they want a home warranty or they don't. And what are you asking the seller for? Are you asking for closing costs paid or are you paying full price? I mean, there's all this that comes into play. So a $700 home warranty, and Sandy's exactly right, it's an it's a insurance policy but it doesn't cover your roof. It covers the systems in your home, like the heating and air is the main system. If that goes bad, it usually covers appliances and it'll cover electrical and some plumbing, but it doesn't cover septic systems and it doesn't cover pre-existing um, conditions. So if the dishwasher didn't work uh, at right. the home inspection, you're not going to close on the house and then make a claim on the homeowner's insurance and get it. So, yes. It is something also that the seller can purchase as part of their listing, they can purchase that home warranty, and that way, you know, all their systems are covered, literally. Right. So. Yeah. So it really depends upon whether or not the buyer actually wants um, a uh, home warranty or not. And so I will tell you that I don't ever um, recommend, I always just ask the buyer if he wants a home warranty or not. So, Sandy, uh, one more question uh, I'm a buyer. Do I need a survey? Oh, I think that that's a, a great question. Surveys, you know, a lot of times people say, oh, I don't know. I don't need a survey. And, and you know, if you live in an area that's already subdivided, possibly not. But I always think it's a good idea for you to know exactly where your property boundary is. I sold a home one time in Bentonville that we thought, you know, no, it's a subdivision. The people on other side had privacy fences, and, you know, it looked very well defined until we got the survey done, and then the neighbor on the left was over right. the property line by a foot and a half. Right. And, um, you know, so in that, in that instance, did we need to know where the property lines were? Yeah, we really did. So I, I think it's a good thing to have all the time. So I, I love your answer. I will tell you the Arkansas Real Estate Commission, which is basically the people that govern realtors in Arkansas, they have told me as an educator, 
yes, please always get a survey. Now, again, I'm all about giving the buyer options and letting the buyer decide whether or not they want a survey or not. But here's how it normally goes. I'll say, Mr. Buyer, do you want a survey? The buyer says, do I need one? And my response is, do you want to know 100% where your boundaries are? If the answer to that question is yes, get a survey. If you don't care, then there's nothing by law that requires that you get a survey. But if you want to know where your boundaries are, because after you close on the property, it is your problem. It is not the seller's problem. It is now you are the seller, you, know, you are the owner, and it's going to be your problem. Right. A hundred percent. And on that property, I will say that, you know, I was representing the seller. The buyer was the one that got the survey. They literally did not bring up one thing until they cl- they closed. They signed everything. And then they said, what do we do about this fence? And I was like, well, it's, you know, Hi, it's your house. Yeah. Welcome to home ownership. <laughs> you know, like it was just a thing. It was it was amazing to me that they knew that that defect was there and they didn't do anything, but I was representing the seller, not the buyer. So, I don't want to scare a buyer. There are certainly uh, subdivisions where, you know, it, you've got a uh, gosh, a fourth, not even a fourth of an acre. You know, you've got a little house that's on a, a plot and then there's a house right next door on either side of you and you've got privacy fences already built. It was built with the, with the builder. And so, you know, a lot of times buyers choose not to get a survey in that situation because they know that their fences are being shared with the owner and the, the builder did surveys. It's, you know, it's a new construction house. I mean, so there are times that I don't necessarily recommend it, but I let the buyer decide. And ultimately, if there's a problem with boundaries, and I've seen where people thought they were getting a pond with acreage and they didn't get a pond because it was on the neighbor's property right. where they thought they were getting a storage building and they didn't get a storage building because... It was on the neighbor's property where there has been a retaining wall go over a boundary and they found out after they bought the house or actually the the instance that I'm thinking about where the guy decided to sell his house. And when he tried to sell his house, he found out that his retaining wall was on the neighbor's lot and he had to buy the lot in order to sell his house. And so anyway, there's all kinds of nightmare things that can happen if you don't get a survey and it's not required by law, but it's something that you need to consider as a buyer. Is it something that you really need? Uh, And that's only you can answer that if you want to know 100% where that is. Well, there's a lot of things that we could talk about, but we're almost running out of time. One more thing. What about the flat screen TV? Mm -hmm. So um, I'm always asked this, and does that automatically stay with the house if it's attached to the wall? Well, the argument there is whether or not it's attached. And so what does our contract say about attached items? Our contract says that if it is permanently attached to the property, then it stays with the property. Um, This is a, I like this topic. Um, When I taught real estate license courses, one of the things that I would always tell people is, is, you know, before you list your property, let's take a look around. Let's see what's going to stay with the property and what isn't. Like if that chandelier is great aunt Ruby's chandelier, and that's going to travel with you, then let's take it down and put up the fixture that is going to actually convey with the house because what the eyes can't see, the heart can't want. Right. And you don't know, in the 23 years that I've done this, I have been amazed at the things that have sold homes. 
if that buyer walks in and falls in love with Great Aunt Ruby's chandelier, mm-hmm. but it's not staying with the house, then you have an issue. Right. <laughs> so, so let's remove the things that are not going to convey with the property right. prior to listing. Right. So, so sometimes that happens and sometimes that doesn't. When you represent right. the buyer, you just need to know that that mm-hmm. the things that you are seeing may or may not, but the contract says anything that's nailed, bolted, or screwed to the house stays with the house. But mm-hmm. I always tell the buyer, look, if you want that flat screen TV that's attached to the wall, I interpret that as being attached. However, the seller may not interpret that, right. and the contract supersedes anything prior to the contract. So the contract is a legally binding contract. So if you right in there, if your realtor writes in there, the flat screen TV stays with the house and the seller signs that contract, the flat screen TV stays with the house. If you want Aunt Ruby's chandelier, uh, if that's why you fell in love with it, then you might want to put that in the contract, even though it looks attached. And I would have your realtor reach out to the other realtor and say, hey, we love that uh, chandelier. Oh, that's Aunt Ruby's. We're taking that with us. Okay, well, that's a problem. Right. And so, you know, the more you communicate, the better. But anyway, sure. that's all the time that we have today. So thanks for the great discussion. Uh, it's been awesome. Uh, come back next time and we'll talk more about negotiating the terms of the real estate contract with the seller, uh, if you're the buyer, and maybe some things that are good for the seller as well. So, hey, if you are listening today and you're thinking about buying a house, or even thinking about selling a house, I want you to reach out to us at info at hutchrealty.com. You can always go to our website where you can view every active listing, not just our listings, but every active listing in Northwest Arkansas. You can also view all 23 of our agents and their profiles. They are ready and willing to help. We're all ready and willing to help you through this buying process or selling process if you are a seller. Hey, uh, we also give a free home evaluation on our website for free. And we also will come out to your house and give you a free evaluation if you would want a more detailed report. So come back next time. And no matter what, may God bless you. May God bless your home. And we will talk to you on the next podcast.